Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh, and this is my wife, Bonnie. Hello there. And we are the founders of the Union Movement. And if this is the first time you've ever come to this podcast, ever check this out, uh, we really just exist to help people find wholeness in the areas of sexuality, uh, relationships, and identity with just a biblical uh, biblical focus and holistic approach that really is um, honoring the God and also uh, beneficial to the people who glean from it. I don't know how else to say that. Yeah. To experience it. Um, but we're so just so glad you'd visit here with us today. And we do ask that, like, hey, if this is helpful, this uh, encourages you, gives you insight and perspective that uh, leads to health and flourishing in your life um, and just experiencing the reality of God. Uh, we would love it if you comment, share and subscribe. Um, do any one of those things. We would consider you a friend forever. <laughs> Might be a little much. Do I seem a little clingy? Maybe just a little. A little clingy anyways. Um, but hey, if you're a return listener, welcome back. We're so glad um, that you've come back again. And we do just hope and pray that this uh, episode does uh, encourage you and uh, and help you. Uh, we've been doing a little bit of a mini series here, haven't we, Bonnie? And we are picking it up. Yeah, that's right. This is episode five out of five for this mini series, which is really aimed at church leaders, ministry leaders, in eva- in being able to evaluate what are some of the key things that your organization, your ministry are going to need in order to have sustainable sexual health. It's hard to put your finger because it's not, you know, sexual health is not, you know, from a even from a faith context. It's not just I didn't commit adultery. Like, yeah, that's a good goal. Let's not do that, you know, as leaders, followers of Christ. But sexual health is actually far more intricate and uh, it's just interconnected with so many areas. So the five values that we have considered to be essential for sustainable sexual health in faith communities are in a particular order, uh, legacy, which is what the last episode was about, just about the generations working together, um, being gospel centered. So this is where we're not trying to do any form of human striving where it's like, come on, just perform and get your act together. But rather, it's an emphasis on the redemptive work of Christ. Uh, we also want to be holistic in that we're not, it's, again, it's not just like a list of do's and don'ts, but it's a consideration of the way the body, soul, and spirit all work together mm-hmm. to kind of create that sexual health. Okay, so we've got, what have I said so far? Legacy, gospel centered, holistic. Holistic. Today we're doing honor. The other is being transparent. Yes. Because you can have the others, but if you're not transparent, you actually, it's almost, it's so difficult to move anywhere because scripture makes it so clear. Confession is actually necessary Mm -hmm. uh, in order to be washed of your sin, but also to be healed from the effects of either your own choices or choices that have things that have been done against you. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, I mean, you can go back and listen to that episode, but if I could just say confession doesn't just mean like, Oh, I really screwed up and I have to tell someone, but it's even a confession of like, these are the things that I'm disappointed about. You know, it's about vulnerable, like allowing other people to see into the, not just the pretty parts of your life, but the parts that feel um, just difficult, the mm-hmm. parts that are human you know, and, or maybe it's something you're tempted by, or maybe it's a a dream that just is like, you you can't shake out of your memory. And you're like, ah, I just need to get this in the light. Anyway, transparency is super important. But today we're going to talk about honor because all of those, again, these, these things are so interconnected to have four, but not to have the other four, but not honor. Um, 
I guess we're going to talk about today what that can end up doing. Totally. You know, so our definition in the context of sexuality is being able to, within a church community and ministry culture, have it be that there is honor for men and women of all ages, that they are respected, that marriage, sex, and relationships are treasured, but not idolized or demonized. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we're we're dealing with a time, uh, a moment in history. Mm-hmm. Um where I think there's so much recoil to what was called purity culture. Yeah. And kind of that whole time through like the late 80s, 90s. 90s, early 2000s even. Yeah, I didn't come to Christ in 2003, so I don't really know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't really know what we're talking about. But um, yeah. but yeah, like, but hearing, you know, kind of coming to the Christ on the coming to Christ on the tail end of some of that, like there, there were things that I would say were well-meaning mm-hmm. and well-intentioned, but like you can have the right message mm-hmm. um, at the right time, but with the wrong heart mm-hmm. and be wrong. Yeah. You know, uh, those are some wide, wise words that a friend of mine shared with me once. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's also just things that were just flat out weird, uh, weird, yeah. uh, un- extra biblical and just straight up, you know, cruel mm-hmm. and, um, and not in line with the values um, of the kingdom of God. And, and I think it's important to kind of keep that in mind that so much of what is being pushed is not necessarily a recentering now, but a recoiling, um, to another extreme. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to kind of talk about that today. Um, but, but I, I want to just make the key point here that whenever we talk about these issues and I don't even like the term issue because it kind of creates this, this problem. Mm-hmm. This is just the human reality, the hu- part, yeah. parts of the human experience that are ordained by God. Yeah. Like sexuality is not something separate from God's design. This is it actually, wasn't a part of the curse. No, exactly. The, the fall. Yeah. God said it was good. Yeah. And this is the point that I want to make is like whenever we're going to talk about these things, we can't um, number one, be hyper reactionary to what's going on in the world. Like we all understand that the world system mm-hmm. in and of itself, this way of thinking and living apart from God, um, you know, is is not going to be in line with God's values. But sometimes we in the church and as church leaders, we we are more reactionary and trying to just um, speak to those issues in kind of the same motivation with the same zeal that those in the world are having. And it's instead of just like stating the truth and speaking about about it in a way that is that is good and is honoring and is um, really just like bringing the proper light to the subject. Mm-hmm. We end up becoming hyper um, like even like ag- aggressive lot. or defensive and aggressive yeah. and just trying to pick a fight, you know? Yeah, totally. And it's like, I think it was Dick Iverson or it was probably somebody else who said it maybe before him, but you know, said it's like it's um it's really easy to point out a crooked stick. Mm. You know what I mean? But it's like, why don't you just set up a straight stick? Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, actually, this is actually what it should be. We're just going to be really confident mm-hmm. in what we know God has made so clearly in his word. Yeah. Um, And that, you know, the Bible doesn't shy away from these conversations. And so we're going to we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it in a light that's honoring to God and honoring to those who would be hearing it. Uh, so it's kind of brings to the other side. So we have the one side that we can be hyper reactionary to what's going on in the world and then become dishonoring, um, dishonoring to God's word, dishonoring to God's heart and also to the people that were um, that God's entrusted to us in our church communities. And so 
Um, we don't want to be reactionary to the shifting sands of culture, yeah. but be just clinging to the word of God. And secondly, sometimes we can talk about things that are not, it's not wrong. You know what I mean? You're talking about sex, you know, like I, uh, here, here's just what we were talking about before was we've all been, we've been to conferences and it's like pastors get up and talk about how hot their wife is. Mm-hmm. And I go like, bro, I'm so glad, you know, that you're sexually attracted to your wife as you should be. Yeah, you know, great. right. If you were sexually attracted to somebody else's wife, that'd be a problem, you yeah. know, um, but at least you're making a big deal about your wife. And so I'm going to celebrate that. But it's just like, is that really honoring to her? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is that honoring to the people around? Yeah. Um, or is that just um, is that just you trying to bring more attention to yourself and try to be? I don't know. It's Almost just like try to be relevant or try to be. Yeah, it's just been weird. It's just weird. There's I'm not going to mention who it is, but there's like one person who um, I've heard kind of talk about this in in a way that's not creepy. Mm -hmm. And everybody else who's done it has just been creepy. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know what, your percentage is not good. So just don't be creepy. Um, Talk about these things in a a public space. Like Mm -hmm. when we get up and we stand before our churches, when we stand before a group of people and we're we're called to minister God's word and, and, and lead people uh, to an encounter with Christ. Like it's just important to speak about these things in, in a way that is, um, you know, prudent, you know what I mean? Yeah. And discreet, like discreet yet honest and, mm-hmm. you know, not shying away from, um, you know, from the topic or sh- trying to sugarcoat it or water it down. But there's a way you can talk about yeah. um, awkward subjects without being awkward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, bring the proper light to those things. So, yeah. Yeah. Two things we have to keep in mind. You know, we have to. We're not going to we're not going to pick fights. We're not getting aggressive and reactionary. And then we're not also going to throw ourselves to the topic and just be so light about it. Yeah. As though it's nothing. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think of the scripture, it says, we'll keep the marriage bed pure. Right. And or undefiled. And I think that it, sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I I do hear people joke and jest mm-hmm. around about even married sex in a way that it's like oh that's not I that wasn't my business like I didn't need to know that I didn't need to think about that right and so let's uh let's be careful yeah you know and and I think the bible does a great job of totally. talking about things in a way you're like wait a minute I yeah. think there's a deeper meaning here and I think that's what we kind of need to do yeah uh yeah so and then there's the Song of Solomon, which just. Well, but even that is so metaphorical where you're like, I, I mean, yes, it's like legit when I'm a I'm the kid that grew up in the, you know, grew up in the church. It's like during the sermon, you just like you have your Bible with you. You're going to like sneak Song of Solomon <laughs> and then you're giggling a little bit like, what the heck? Her breasts are like, like, what is it? Fawns? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. You know, but in a way it's still poetic. And so it doesn't, it's just weird, but like, but it's not, um, defiling. But, if you, but if you know, you know, <laughs> if you know, you know, that's yeah. right. So, uh, anyways. Yeah. Okay. So I think a big thing in this, so we're talking, you know, how we talk about sex in general and it, let's say this, it takes practice. It takes practice. And so as a leader being honoring, that is it takes practice. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so does intimacy, but whatever. Hey-o. Hey-o, okay. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Um, it takes practice to figure out how to say what you mean to say in a, in that balanced way. And I would don't, so don't be upset with yourself or this isn't like a, 
a judgmental thing that we're trying to say, but it's, it's simply like, this has got to be the direction. Our goal, our effort is to be honoring and find that that balance between mm-hmm. honor and honesty. So uh, then the big thing between that's around sexuality itself. Now, a big topic that's really important is how we handle male, female, um, I would say interactions or male, female, how we talk about them, how we think about the genders, how we, um, but here's where I want to go with it is so often I see men and women fight one another, compete with one another or, um, fall into these damaging I would say like, yeah, damaging stereotypes that are not originated in biology or in God's design or in scriptures, boundaries, but are actually just stereotypes that we've created, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, I mean, I could, we could actually spend a lot of time on this and we've, we have other podcast episodes where we've gone over this topic and I would encourage you to go back and, um, to listen to that a little bit more in depth, but some, you know, that quickly come to mind would be for years and years and years, there's just been the stereotype that men are not as emotional as women. But it's not true scientifically. What it is true is that perhaps women are able to find the words to express their emotions more readily. But but scientifically, the, the brain of a man and the brain of the woman are both equally able to feel emotion and to express emotion. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is then we've actually almost pushed boys, men into a box and said, don't like, don't show any weakness. Don't, mm-hmm. don't cry. My goodness. Like crying's for girls. Right. Right. And so that's a huge one that I think has had serious implications on how men um, can process disappointment and frustration. And it's led, I think, and to pain, just pain, trauma, suffering. Yeah. Know. And so I think that whereas what we see in scripture, we see Jesus, the ultimate man, we see him expressing emotion in a healthy way that does not at all um, diminish his masculinity. We see the the same thing in David. Um, I think the Psalms are a great gift to us all to to show us how you can be a warrior and emotional. Yeah. So the reality is, it's like testosterone is going to play, you know, pretty big part in that and Mm -hmm. you know so like when there is challenges that might you know lead maybe like the same challenge yeah yeah. type you know or woman a Mm -hmm. and then man a Mm -hmm. you know same challenge or same frustration or same obstacle Mm -hmm. um you know the man's probably going to operate maybe the more out of the aggression aggression to change the problem mm-hmm. where a woman just not making a stereotype, not making a generalization, but it's mm-hmm. probably going to be more prone to a sadness and disappointment um, where the man is probably going to move maybe more towards aggression. But the problem I think is that men get stuck mm-hmm. in that, that place and we actually don't know how to deal with our sadness. Mm-hmm. And so it immediately always goes to anger. It's like that right. switch just gets, you know, pinned to mm-hmm. anger and, and aggression because there, there is a time and place for sure. aggression. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if a, if a dog is attacking one of my kids, mm-hmm. um, it's not going to get, you know, a, a pat on, you know, a stroke on the back. It's going to get a whole lot of aggression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, um, and 
yeah, anyways, there's a, probably a lot to talk about that, but I think that plays into it. But the point, yeah. the point is, is just that all these realms of emotion are still present yeah. in both men and women and the, the need to be able to access all of them to be a whole person and a person that, um, you know, can help others yeah. as well. We need to, we need to learn how to navigate that, you know, and you brought up a really good point or like with the, the competition between men mm-hmm. and women. And I think we've seen, um, you know, like everything seems polarized these days, yeah. right? Like everything's just been touched by polarization. Um, but you know, like I think we see this growing trend of misogyny and misandry mm-hmm. is the word that we just learned today because yeah. we're just we're trying to figure out what term actually you know encompasses this, like misogyny being like this kind of hyper. I feel like I use that term a lot. Hyper. Everything's just hyper. Everything's to the next level. (laughs) Extra. Extra. Extreme. Well, there's just this, you know, misogyny just being this um, very intense diminishing of the Mm -hmm. image of God within women and belittling of women on by by men, you Mm -hmm. know, right. Viewing women as second second rate humans Mm -hmm. and, you know, bottom of the barrel kind of thing. Yeah. But then now there's this also this movement of misandry, which just goes, it's just the man hater. You know what I mean? And where, you know, women go out of their way to, to belittle men and to, Mm -hmm. you know, and in some ways abuse men just as, as women are abused Mm -hmm. uh, by men, it's, it's becoming more and more common. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just so heartbreaking is that like, we weren't meant to live as enemies or the opposition, but to live interdependently. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think you had a, you had a quote here that was actually really, really crazy. Yeah. Uh, so according to author Haley Grace Scott and her work, Dare Mighty Things, one in three women throughout the world, which is a total of 1 billion, will be raped or beaten at some point in their lives. The proportion of women exposed to physical violence in their lifetimes ranges from 12% in China to 59% in Zambia. So I just think, oh my gosh, 33% of women. Or I mean, I could even think, okay, let's say me and two friends are hanging out. Then that means one out of three statistically has been raped or beaten. Yeah. That's brutal. And there, I do think that, you know, in here, it comes into play this interaction between that misandry and the, and the misogyny this hatred for one another is that it almost, you know, it's like the sins of one generation then get visited on to the next. And mm-hmm. so what maybe what a mother or what a woman sees happen to her mother informs how she then views the men or maybe how a son sees his father treated or his or his mother treated. Like it, it, it changes the way we view the other gender mm-hmm. you know and here we are we're talking male female i know there's a whole other conversation about maybe there's other genders but we're going with the biblical explanation of male and female again you can check out other podcast episodes to hear content around why we opt to talk about male and female but this is a real this mm-hmm. is a real thing the Absolutely. fight between male and female but i love that scripture addresses like you were saying brian the there is a reality of testosterone and God's commandment to men is to live with women in an honoring way, an understanding way, recognizing that they actually are weaker. 
And that's a physical, like I actually am physically weaker than you, you know, and that it's like live with me in an understanding way, mm-hmm. not making fun. And that's a big piece in the, when we talk about honoring the differences, right? That's a big one. You know, men don't make fun of her because she has a monthly cycle, mm-hmm. right? Don't, don't belittle her. Well, She's you, dealing with that. Yeah. You know? And I think even John Piper talks about how, um, like looking at that verse that like Peter, Peter's the apostle Peter's saying like, yeah, you know, live with your wife in an understanding way, mm-hmm. you know, is like, he's, he kind of boils it down. as like, guys, don't be talking to her. Like you talk to some of the boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you talk to your, your bros, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she, you just don't, you just don't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, because there, there's differences and it doesn't mean doesn't mean better or worse. Yeah. It just means different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because some of those, like, I just think some of the unique characteristics that are in your life as a woman mm-hmm. have complemented and, and really, and really overshadowed some of my weaknesses as a man. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, because within every good character trait is also the shadow side. That's right. You know, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, like that's why we need interdependence. We need to be yeah. able to cover each other's weaknesses yeah. with our strengths and not to use our strengths as a means to exploit that's the weaknesses right. in others. So, and that is the way of love. That is the way of Christ. That is and the way so, of love. Yeah. yeah. So we also want to talk about honoring various stages of life. So mm-hmm. as a, as a leader, I know we've gone a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but I think it's, it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to talk about honoring the various stages of life. So whether, you know, you have married people, if single people, mm-hmm. children, seniors, they are not the brunt of, mm-hmm. you know, they're not the punchline. Yeah. You know what I mean, you're honoring, you know, the, the reality of singleness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so often in, in church culture, we just talk about, oh, hey, one day, you guys, mm-hmm. one day singles, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get married and then your dreams will come true. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, your life will begin. And it's just like, what if we were saying to young people or just not even to young people, just people who are single? It's just like, you know what? There's a whole lot of doing to be done in the kingdom yeah. of God. There's a whole lot of room. A whole lot of purpose. Yeah. There's there's a whole lot of destiny on your life mm-hmm. right now that, you know, there's a lot, just a lot of space for you to be active. Yeah. Don't be thinking that somehow, you know, um, you're going to find that teammate and all of a sudden you're, you know, like yeah. the, the plans and purposes of God for your life are going to mm-hmm. just all of a sudden be ignited. They can be ignited now in your singleness yeah. and you can find purpose and and calling anyways i'm not trying to preach on that right now but that is i think that's what we would just want to encourage leaders to do like yeah you know the older generation you're not done you know what i mean right you like paul said my life is being poured out he didn't say i was done he was saying i'm getting close to being done yeah you know we're almost at the bottom of the barrel i'm or the bottom of the bottle like where i'm being poured out yeah you know um but i i think that's important you know we're Mm -hmm. talking about each stage of life as significant honor and mm-hmm. um and importance and value mm-hmm. you know and absolutely and we do worship marriage don't we in western the western yeah. church and what's know. interesting on that topic and i think right now the singles have gotten uh, they've been mistreated to be honest but i just recently learned that in church culture you know thousands like these last two thousand years it it's actually done quite a flip mm-hmm. because at one point it was singleness that was honored above marriage to be married was like, Oh, well, yeah. I guess you had to give in. 
right? Whereas the singles, it was like, you are the ones who are the, you're the spiritual ones. Like you're the ones who are dedicating all of your time and effort to the Lord. And they almost surpassed, um, it was like by by doing that, they were surpassing their human limitations mm-hmm. by being able to be like, no, I'm just dedicated to God. And yeah. so there was and it was in the Protestant Reformation where actually that shifted and then marriage became elevated as this place of like, well, now. And, and it is true that marriage is a picture, a shadow of Christ in the church. Mm-hmm. And so that suddenly became like, now that's the most important thing that you can do with your life. And so yeah. so we have to be aware of how that comes into play with our interactions and with um, maybe even what we're saying, maybe from the pulpit. Yeah. You know, and so just be on guard against that. Awesome. Yeah. So trains going by. Yeah. <laughs> it's where we live. This is real life for yeah. us. We cannot get away from it. So on that note, we want to leave you with some questions yeah. um, because I think it's important to reflect on kind of what we've talked about and just even ask the Lord, like, God, where, where does this, where does the rubber meet the road for me? Where does the next step uh, for me? So our first question here is how often is sarcasm teasing about stereotypes and other forms of jesting in relation to gender, a part of your conversations? Mm-hmm. So what would be an example of that, Bonnie? Well, I mean, maybe even what we said in, you know, you know, making fun of women for having a cycle. Right. You know, and instead of being there in support to her. Yeah. Like that would be one. Yeah. Or even this guy saying like, oh, well, I'm just not emotional or just women are so emotional. Totally. As if like I've like I've played golf with men who are emotional. <laughs> right. Right. I've been emotional on the golf course. Like I, I remember an old pastor or former senior pastor at our church used to say that like golfing was like he would take guest ministers golfing just to kind of see what they were really like. You know what I mean? Because it's like the, the leveler, you know, like the real equalizer, I guess you could say that way. And then what would you say is a, like, what do you hear women joke about or people joke about around men? Um, I think, I think sometimes it, um, that's a really good question. I think a lo- I think I would probably lean to, um, you know, I know there's a little bit of a, maybe some disagreement on science and stuff. Like, do we actually multitask? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or is it just the brain switching back and forth? It's not actually carrying multiple things at right. a time, or is it just switching back and forth? And I think sometimes like, you know, um, I, I just mm-hmm. know a lot of guys who are probably like more, uh, you know, line by line or like focus slowly. on one thing. For yeah. A while. One thing at a yeah. time, one thing at a time working through yeah, right. the task list or whatever, you know, yeah. checking those boxes isn't working through compared to like, you know, juggling a bunch of stuff in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I just from I've my own, people, my own experience, yeah. I probably just think that guys probably fall in the, the list yeah. category instead of like juggling plates. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, kind of thought as if you're second rate if you're not just multitasking you know what i mean or like why can't hoffman just guys just can't think of two things at once yeah i mean they can't chew gum and walk now can they you know right so belittling them for being able to stay focused so for being able to stay focused on one thing really well yeah is really what it is i yeah yeah, i've heard people do that for sure yeah Good one. So that's our one question. How often is sarcasm teasing about stereotypes and other forms of jesting in relation to gender part of your conversations? 
Last question, how successful have you been in identifying the damaging gender stereotypes, i.e. men cannot show emotion, uh, a woman's only place is in the home, etc., that were impressed upon you personally by experience or instruction? So really, that's a mouthful. That is. I wrote that. I apologize. Yeah. And I think I got it out pretty well. I think I did a pretty good job. But I think really what we're asking is um, what views on gender do you have that are actually not centered in scripture? Yep. Um, and are more so just things that you've adapted through your life experience, your family of origin, just things you've heard that you don't even know if it's true or not, but just you've heard it, um, you know. And so, like, what are those things? Are you are you identifying those things? Are you speaking to those things? Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are our questions for you. So, yeah. Yeah. And those questions are a part of a larger evaluation that we have put together. Uh, you can find it on our website, the sexual health evaluation uh, for I think we have it same for churches and ministries or for communities of faith, maybe. communities of faith, yes. something like that. You'll see it. Sexual health evaluation. What we wanted to do, you know, because we're always we're urging pastors and leaders. We're like, come on, talk about these issues. But I think it can be really intimidating to just start, you know, like, I don't even know, like, how do I start preaching about this? And uh, so what we did is we put together some questions in four different categories. Um, recently, we added the personal Uh, We have your staff or your leadership team. We have the general congregation and then the families within your church community. Uh, And just I think it's five or six questions per category that will help you kind of identify how are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, are we are we cultivating transparency? Do we have a gospel centered leadership team? Do we? Yeah, you'll see the details in there anyway. So that's a free resource. You can just download. You can look through it yourself you can go through it with your team uh and another option that we want we would love to help you with is to do some a guided evaluation and then we are happy to create a strategy with you of how to improve in any areas of vulnerability or weakness that you discover in the evaluation so you can check out more about that on our website theunionmovement.com if you are a leader or uh, within a church or ministry, you know, just reach out. That's honestly why we exist is to help the individual, but also to stand with leaders who are trying to create those healthy cultures for their people in the area of sexuality, identity and relationships. Right. Yeah. And again, like we want to help churches that are in multiple different levels of health, you know, right. Absolutely. Like this is why some of this is free. Um, even make maybe your church isn't that big and you don't have a huge budget to totally. to cover consultation and and kind of coaching in these areas. And that's why we're we don't want that to be a hindrance. There's there's avenues where we're, where you can have some these questions and kind of get that process started and, mm-hmm. and work on it on your own. But of course, we try to help you any way we can. But there's yeah. other levels as well um, that kind of go deeper and deeper into the coaching and, and we can, can walk, um, alongside you in that process in a greater and greater way. Um, and all that information is on our website, of course, but if you need more information, feel free to email us at info at the union movement.com. And we would love to answer any of your questions or at least try our best to try to get the answer back to you. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this sexual health evaluation series Mm -hmm. and, uh, we've got some great podcasts coming up. Um, just amazing, amazing conversations coming up. Um, we've got Ian Proven, Dr. Ian Proven. We're talking about 1984 and um, mm-hmm. gender, uh, gender theory and the shifting uh, sands of society right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I uh, had a great conversation the other day with Brant Hansen. Going to be talking about the men that we need as a book that he he wrote. Um, yeah, and we just we yeah got some great What's stuff coming up. Coming up. Yeah, so I encourage you, um, man, take that next step. You know, health. I, I heard somebody say this: better is always possible. Yeah. Right. So your your church might be really healthy, but is there a place that you could go? the next level because we don't want to just settle for okay mm-hmm. we don't want us to settle for good we want us to, we want to go after great and the glory of god to be seen in our churches so we love you so much thanks for joining us here on the union podcast and we'll see you here next time thanks for listening to the union podcast if you have any questions or comments we'd love to hear from you please email us at podcast at the union For more information, please visit our website, theunionmovement.com, or find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Union Movement.